0: hello everyone welcome back to another episode of deeper where we dive deeper into some of the rich content from our keep the feast times on wednesday evenings my name is carlos i'm your host this season and i'm really looking forward to seeing new things in the word together and solidifying some of our roots and sending them deeper into into the lord as we study the word So before we jump into the content for this week, which is Life in the Land, I'd like to start off this podcast from a passage of 1 Corinthians that gives the spirit, or you could say the reason, or the essence of our deeper podcast. And the verses come from chapter 2, and they're verses 9 and 10. Verse 9 says, As it is written, Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not come up in man's heart, things which God has prepared for those who love him. But to us, God has revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So in our deeper podcast, we are those who love him, and that's what we're really seeking after. We're not just after more knowledge or a more developed theology or doctrine. we're after him, the one whom we love and as those who love him, he has prepared things for us. Even the Spirit is actively searching to reveal these to reveal all things, even the depths of God. there's the deep things. To help us with this, we have two genuine loving seekers of the Lord joining us today. Hi, I'm Brian.
1: Hi, my name is Alicia.
0: Thank you for joining us, Brian and Alicia. It's great to have you all today. Before we jump into the particulars for today, I'd like to give a little context of how we got here and and where are we? So we started with the first module, a detailed survey of the good land covering all the aspects, the riches of the good land, which is a type or meaningful picture of Christ. And then last week at the keep the feast, we touched on how to possess the land. And then in last week's daily bread portions, we covered entering into the good land. So here we are. We're in. We've made it. Hallelujah. We're here. Now we're talking about life in the land. This is where we are now. So we're not talking about how to get in, how to prepare. Right now, we're we're here inside. So what do we do now? Can we just do whatever we want, be whatever we want now that we're in the land? He brought us here. Hallelujah. Where should we start?
1: Well, I think a good place to start might be in Exodus 19.5. So Exodus 19.5 says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my personal treasure from among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And I think that here it would be good to focus really on this personal treasure um that is referred to so actually uh in hebrew this this word personal um even in some translation of the bible it might say peculiar treasure so so in hebrew it can either be a personal treasure or a peculiar treasure and this is really actually quite sweet because it shows that an intimate affection exists in the fellowship within of within god and his people and so god chose these people to be his personal peculiar treasure. But who are these people? This is us. We have been chosen to be his peculiar treasure. And even actually, if we go to the New Testament and we go to 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you are chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people acquired for a possession so that you may tell out the virtues of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So again, we see in the new Testament, we've been chosen. We've been chosen to be his, his personal and peculiar possession and his treasure treasure. But what have we been chosen for? We have been chosen and we've been redeemed. And this reason is to be his delight. So God delights in us.
2: Awesome. Awesome. God delights in us. So good to be his personal, peculiar treasure and that he could delight in us and we could delight in him. You know, in Matthew 17, 5, it says, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold, a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my son, the beloved in whom I have found my delight. Hear him. In the verses before uh, verse 5, in Matthew 17, 1, it says, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them up to a high mountain privately. Peter, James, and John, with Jesus, went up to the mountain privately. And it says in verse 2 that Jesus was transfigured before them. That word transfigured was like he, he was transformed uh, before them. And it says his face shone like the sun. Can you believe it? Being with Jesus on a mountain and Jesus just it is as if he unzipped his jacket and revealed a little bit of who he really was, what he is in the depths of his being. and he says, And it says he shone like the sun. And his garments became as white as the light. Wow. You know, if you and I were there, we would be very, very amazed. And I'm pretty sure Peter, James, and John were also amazed. But in that scene, in that uh, situation, in verse 3, it says, And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him, with Jesus. And Peter said something very interesting. He said to Jesus, it is good for us to be here and let me put three tents here. One for Moses, one for Elijah and one for Jesus. Can you believe it? Peter wanted to put Moses, Elijah and Jesus all on the same level. And it it's very interesting because even before he could finish his sentence in verse 5, it says while he was still speaking. So while Peter was still speaking, a voice out of the heavens, it says, a dark cloud overshadowed them, and a voice out of the heavens said this, this is my son, the beloved, in whom I have found my delight, hear him. Exactly. You know, the voice of the heaven was from the Father, was from God the Father from the heavens, and he stopped Peter's speaking, and he interrupted Peter, and he said, no, Peter, don't focus on Moses, don't focus on Elijah, focus on my dear son Jesus Christ in whom I have found my delight and this applies to us uh, today a lot of times we like to focus on so many different things you know we focus on our education we focus on entertainment our success and we like to put those things on the same level as Jesus but what we need to do and what we should do is just focus on the son focus on Jesus Christ you know those things aren't bad Moses and Elijah weren't negative persons. They were, they were positive uh, characters in the Bible. But what God the Father delights in is the Son, Jesus Christ. And the more we delight in the Son, Jesus Christ, the more the Father delights in us. That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, Brian, I agree. That's awesome. Delighting in someone implies that you're spending time with them. And that you're very involved with them, or at least involved in their things. So uh, one of the main points from the Keep the Feast on Wednesday was our occupation. So what is our occupation as those in the good land? You know, when you say I'm occupied, that means I'm busy. You know, it's taking something of your time. So what, what are we occupied with? What's our industry? What's our job, our career, our vocation, our profession? What, what do we do?
1: Yeah, I actually think I have like a, a, an experience that, that um, I kind of was reminded of when I listened to this speaking on Wednesday. Um, actually, recently I, I was working a job and I had an opportunity to get a better job. And I, I even went in to train for this new job. And I went in and I saw actually how much money I was going to make. And I was very excited um, because who isn't excited to make more money, right? But actually I was standing in the building and kind of just maybe inwardly just fellowshipping a little bit with the Lord and the Lord touched me and he asked me, well, what is it that you love? And to make a, a longer story short, I, I told the Lord, I love you, and I um, also told my potential future employers that I would not be able to take the position that was offered to me. And this is a really small experience, but um, it it really touched me because I I realized that truly our occupation should be to be um, filled with the Lord and to labor on Christ, and actually we can even see in the New Testament uh, another example of somebody whose occupation was Christ. So if we think about the Apostle Paul, what we think about is, um, you know, 1 Corinthians, it opens and it says, I, Paul, a called apostle, your fellow brother, and then actually, if you look at all the epistles that Paul wrote, that is how he opens every single one. I, Paul, a slave of Christ. I, Paul, your brother. But Paul actually did have a job and his job was to be a tent maker. But when we read the Bible, what we know, what we know Paul as is an apostle, somebody who ministered Christ, somebody who shepherded all of the believers. So even though he might have had a job, his occupation was Christ.
2: Awesome. Occupation is Christ. Our focus is Christ. I love this. I love that we can be centered and focused on him. And that experience that you had, had Alicia, that's amazing to see that even in our day-to-day lives and in, uh, as we're doing different things and as we're seeking employment, We can have this experience, this interaction with the Lord Jesus, where he touches us and causes us to realize, focus on me. And in Philippians 3.12, it says, not that I have already obtained or am already perfected, but I pursue, this is Paul speaking, but I pursue, if even I may lay hold of that for which I also have been laid hold of by Christ Jesus. You know, the word pursue here is the same Greek word as for persecute. And that word persecute or pursue means to press toward, to follow after. You know, Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus before he was Paul. And Saul of Tarsus was a bad, bad man. He persecuted the believers, even to the point where it says he was breathing out murder. And so to see this transition from Saul of Tarsus persecuting the believers, breathing out murder, killing Christians, to one who is persecuting Christ in the same intensity, is just amazing. He was pursuing Christ to lay hold of Christ. He was pursuing Christ to what? To win the prize. In verse 14 of Philippians, it says, "I pursued toward the goal." for the prize to which God in Christ Jesus has called me upward. Paul realized that the Christian life is actually a race. And he realized that we're on a race course towards a prize. And in order to gain that reward, he needed to pursue, to persecute Christ in an intense way. And so sometimes in our experience, you know, I've had, you know, growing up as a believer, as one, you know, like many of us, you know, when you're growing up, sometimes you just don't have the realization that you're, you're running a race or that you're, you're pursuing Christ in your day-to-day activities. And many times we may um, view the Christian life as a passive life, as we're not doing anything. But actually the Christian life is a very, we're, we're aggressive, we're persecuting Christ, we're pursuing, we're pressing toward Christ. And many people are out there pursuing many things, many jobs, many careers, you know, to be uh, successful in life. And that is awesome. But what we want to do is we want to pursue Christ. And um, amidst all these things that we're doing, pursue Christ in this kind of a way so that we can gain the prize, gain the prize.
0: Yeah, I like that. in this kind of a way. So putting together what, uh, what you just shared, Brian with what Alicia shared earlier. Paul's occupation uh, wasn't just tent making like Alicia was mentioning. But if you were to ask Paul, hi brother, what, are, what is your occupation? What, what are you doing? What's your job? He might say, I'm pursuing Christ in this way. I'm very actively running this race. I'm laying hold of, I'm seizing as much of Christ, this good land as possible. That's why I think in verse 8 of this chapter of chapter 3, when uh, Paul is talking about his experiences, you know, he doesn't say even the good, the bad. He just says everything. He counts it as loss, that he would gain or win Christ. And in verse 13, he talks about forgetting the things which are behind. Again, both the good and the bad. Anything older, anything that's in the past. And stretching forward to the things which are before So Paul is a good pattern to us of someone who's living in the land, and Philippians chapter 3 is a really good chapter, I think, that describes the getting into and living in the land. Check out the chapter, read it, and try to find as many connections to the experience of entering and living in the good land. From this kind of active pursuit, inspired and vital living, and diligent labor in the good land, you can see Paul always had something to offer to God and something to minister to the churches and to anyone at any time. He was ready in season and out of season, which reminds me of a verse in Deuteronomy 16, which uh, specifies one of the mandates for life in the land for the children of Israel. And that is that they were not to appear before Jehovah empty-handed. That is when you would come up, you know, they would come up to the feast to worship God and to enjoy God together with all the other children of Israel, all the other tribes, they were not to come with empty hands. You know, they, they were supposed to come with uh, the fruit of their labor, um, especially the best portion to offer to God and to enjoy it with others. I'm wondering if you've had this kind of experience maybe of, of, of not coming empty handed before the Lord. Well, Brian, I
1: you might have a, a positive experience, but I actually have a negative experience of this. Um, one time I, I had a friend who called me and she, she knew that I was a Christian and she was like, I, I just, she called and asked me for some advice. And that had been a day that I had not really been laboring on Christ. And although I didn't have anything to give her, I think in a way I'm grateful for that experience because I was so, even almost I felt ashamed that I felt that I had nothing to give her. That from that day on, it's always, um, I almost, it's a point that I make every day to come to the Lord and ask him even to fill me. Um, Because we don't want to come before, not just Jehovah, but those who are seeking him empty handed. We should always have something to give, not just to other believers amongst ourselves but even those who might be seeking we should always have some portion to give and and paul really was such a pattern like you said carlos he always had something to give he was just full of christ
2: yeah and you know i have a a, a kind of a funny story but before you know when i was courting my wife um one of the first times i was invited over her place for a meal with her mother my mother-in-law i guess i was really nervous i guess um i just wasn't thinking but i showed up (laughs) (laughs) empty-handed i didn't bring anything i didn't bring anything and usually i think in every everyone's culture we don't like to talk about culture but i think in everyone's uh culture Usually, especially the first time you're invited over to somebody's place, you usually bring something, you know, whether it's um, a bottle of Coca-Cola or Sprite or some oranges, whatever it may be. But I showed up empty handed until this day. And even until this day, my mother-in-law, as a joke, will remind me of that that, uh, situation. And so it's not good. It's not good to come empty-handed before who? Before Jehovah. I'm sure every time we come empty-handed, whether to a a meeting, whether, you know, an appointment, uh, a meeting of the church, any kind of situation, any kind of gathering, Christian gathering, even if it's just being with your family, we should, man, we should not come empty-handed. And that just simply means that we're just in the word daily we're in the word daily, we're endeavoring, we're pursuing, we're running this race day by day, and spontaneously, spontaneously, if we're living this kind of life, we will have something in our hands. The Lord
0: will fill our hands. Yeah, those are awesome experiences. Thank you. As we're coming to the conclusion of our time, there's a verse that will connect all the pieces of our fellowship together. And these uh, two verses, actually, is from 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15, which says, For the love of Christ constrains us, because we have judged this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live may no longer live to themselves, but to him who died for them and has been raised. So this is a sweet way, I think, to, to conclude all our fellowship, because we're coming back full circle to loving the Lord, seeking Him, and uh, connecting that to a, the real motivating power for us to labor on Christ. To labor on Christ in this verse would be to live to Him, not just to live for Him, which would imply that you still do your own things, but you say, oh, it's for someone, as opposed to living to Him, meaning you're you're in tune with his feelings with what he does what he desires uh, with what he intends so uh, you could say in one sense to labor on Christ is in every situation that we're in to like like David said in to keep the feast to find an aspect of him and enjoy that aspect or to invite him and be with him in your spirit through Any situation, whether it's school or work or some recreation activity or just a simple walk. You just do it with him because it's because it's to him. It's not just for him, but you're in in tune with what he wants. So as, as we labor on Christ in this way, we're able to offer back the riches that we've enjoyed and received from the Lord back to back to God. And to minister these riches to each other for our mutual life and our mutual experience and enjoyment in the good land, which is our portion. Uh, And as we're enjoying this portion, we're becoming more and more God's personal and peculiar treasure. This is wonderful. It's awesome that God delights in Christ and we delight in this same Christ. And the more we delight in him, the more we become a delight to God, we become his personal and peculiar treasure. This is just amazing. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Deeper. And if you didn't get the opportunity to catch the Keep the Feast this last Wednesday, which was the springboard for our fellowship today, you can check out some uh, online resources that we have for you at N E christiansoncampus.com. Also on that site, You can submit questions um, related to any of our podcasts, uh, this podcast, Deeper, or Morning Dew. The link to submit the questions is at the bottom of the podcast page on our site. You might find some helpful things there. A big thank you to Brian and Alicia for sharing their portion of Christ with us. And on their behalf, I would like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in for this episode of Deeper. See you next time. And may the Lord richly bless you.